Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive, especially in business or other financial dealings. You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. H for Hustle Podcast. Welcome back. So happy to be back, guys. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Ooh, good episode ahead. So today we have a follow-up episode with Deirdre Vining. This is episode number 31. I'll throw the link in the description. If you didn't get to episode 31, you want to go back and listen to this before you listen to this one. But this is a follow-up episode with Deirdre. Um, you know, when we spoke first, we were in the middle of a pandemic and things were different. And now we're out of a pandemic and Deirdre has grown her business. And we had just a catch-up conversation of how she's been able to grow and where she's at now and what her next goals are moving forward so this is a great catch-up episode for the new year man let's get it locked in let's get it right now h for house podcast welcome back another illustrious episode up ahead and on today's episode we have a returning guest um dear giovanni from express employment professional deirdre welcome back thank you thank you for having me so, Deirdre, last time we spoke, the world was about to melt down. We were in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> um, <laughs> things were a little bit weird, um, but staffing was uh, kind of booming. I've, I've read up that staffing was like a booming business during that time because there was so much movement in jobs and so much need for warehouse people and all types of people. So how is business through the pandemic and now that we're out of it? How's business been? Yeah, so it's funny you should say that because when we were in the middle of it, Jerome, I could not see the forest from the trees. We, my staff was working remote. I was working remote and I hated working remote. Uh, we lost 40% of our business literally overnight because I had hospitality. Wow. I had warehouses. I had businesses that for nobody was necessarily buying. Everyone was scared. However, on the flip side of it, June of that same year, mind you, we talked, I think maybe February, March, June of that year, then we couldn't find enough people. Then everybody was calling us. All the companies were calling us because they were decided that, oh, guess what? We do still need to go on with life. And we had our busiest year, believe it or not, we couldn't find people. I'm recruiting out. My staff is recruiting offsite. We're doing job fairs in the park because remember, we couldn't wow. be inside. It was insane. And everyone that wanted a job was getting a job. A lot of my wow. clients did require vaccination. So that was like a whole nother dynamic. A lot of people remember weren't getting, didn't want to get vaccinated. Yeah. So they couldn't get some jobs that we were offering it, but, but not every job was like that. So um, 2020 was crazy time. And so we got through it. 2021, we had an even better year because just things started to really pop off and all the businesses were back and we were just, mm -hmm. we sold through it. We talked to companies, we talked to businesses, we talked to people. And we wanted to see um, uh, what they were what they were looking for, and we were able to find people for them. So 2022 kind of continued on the same, you know. Wow. 2023 is slightly different. I will say that even though no one wants to say it, I think we were in a small recession. 
um, mm-hmm. because we definitely felt the slowness down. Being a franchise, you have the benefit of talking to other franchisees in the same business. And so we meet every other week on Teams and we were all down. And so that's that's saying something. Um, yeah. It was kind of geographic to a certain extent, but then because we're nationwide franchise, um, franchises in, in Washington State and California were just were slow as well. So um, if you didn't find the kind of business that could go through this, this and it was a smaller recession. I've been through several of them. Um, you weren't doing as well. And so 2023 kind of took a took a bit of a dive for us. But you know what? We're on the upside of it now. We're hopefully kind of to be expected, though, right? You rode the wave for two years, like things were booming right? <laughs> for two years. There's got to be a part where the valleys come, right? So you go up and then you got to go back down. Exactly. It's kind of to be expected. You just got to ride the waves within. Within that time, though, did you find like another like uh, unexpected industry? Like, you know, you were host hospitality, your warehousing. But did you crack like another industry that you, you never normally did because of the pandemic? You know, we we were always looking for everything. Um, so I didn't discriminate. During that time when I told you we couldn't find anyone, one of my largest clients was actually a car rental company. Because remember, no one was flying, but they all wanted to drive and they wanted to see their family. Oh. We couldn't keep enough people working there. 20, 30, 40, 50 people we have at this car rental place. Um, and that was great. And so that was kind of came out of nowhere because we at, at that point, we barely had five people there. So to have for them to ask me for as many people as we can get them, because that's how busy they saw their sales going, was pretty kind of unusual. Um, other businesses, I mean, food and liquor, they always did well. Okay. <laughs> so in the pandemic, those <laughs> businesses, eat, were just, <laughs> they were busy. Um, but we were always looking for whatever we could that um, we did have. a We did some we did some COVID work, right? Like we had. One company, they actually sprayed inside different warehouses. Remember the touch points? That was yeah. their business. And so we had quite a few people working in different warehouses all across the state, um, just on their, you know, spraying this solution. So we had a lot of that kind of stuff that obviously I don't have anymore. Um, and so yeah. it's kind of stuff came and went. Got it. Oh, the reason why I was asking, because I know technology started booming at that time. Technology staffing really started booming because there was such a need in that moment, you know, all these companies. So I just thought maybe you would have kind of ventured into that space because, you know, there was such a need over there. Yeah. So tech is always something we're challenged with because we use it as well as we can to to um, improve what we're doing. I know we just I just trained my staff on chat GPT to improve our job order, uh, right? How we write our job descriptions has been fantastic. How we even send emails to clients when we're upset. (laughs) They fix fix it up for us. Um, So we've been using technology that way. But in terms of some business lines being more efficient, that's going to happen in general, right? We're going to have, I had a client in Newark that um, had a huge amount of investments in new machinery to make them more efficient. And guess what? They didn't need as many people, but guess what they did need? They needed more skilled people. So they still mm-hmm. called us. They just needed a different kind of people, person. Yeah. And so I think that, um, and you'll hear this a lot just in general, that folks have to get their skills up. They have to uh, maybe learn a different skill because there are some businesses that are never coming back. Uh, and if you're waiting for, you know what I mean? I went to Five Below to buy stuff and there was zero cashiers. It made me check yeah. myself out. That, that job's not coming back. Yeah, but someone fixing the the self-checkout is a job, right? So, you know, maybe you can't be a cashier no more, but you do understand that machine well enough to probably get some skills to learn how to fix it. 
Exactly. And so, you know, and, and not everyone's is, is going to be into that, but try it. Right. We're, I have friends that are literally doing 360 career changes or 180, whatever you call it. And they were business professionals and now they're nurses. Yeah. <laughs> they had to go back to school <laughs> and they had to do clinical classes. And then they're nurses at 40 years old. You yeah. know, so I just became anyone can, uh, aging. <laughs> any, exactly. Anyone has the ability, if you're willing to do so, to learn something new. Got it. So during that time, during the pandemic, granted, it was, you know, um, kind of unprecedented. What did you learn about yourself as an entrepreneur or as a franchisee? Well, I don't like working from home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everybody back to the office. We'll, we'll, we'll social distance with we'll masks. I don't like working from home. Um, I, I, I think that it's important to just continue to have conversations, even if we weren't necessarily selling because people were in pain. Remember, we were people were dying. And so you mm -hmm. have to be sensitive to the fact that people were losing loved ones. I had several of my clients that had COVID, like bad COVID, like on ventilators COVID. So by the time I finally got them on the phone and they told me that, I was like, oh my God, like, how can I say, well, can I help you have you in staffing needs? At that point, I wanted to sympathize with them. They're human. And so if you went through a big ordeal, I'm just, I'm thankful that you're alive. And I just have a conversation with them. So I learned that you know, we're all human and that it's important to just, just be kind and nice to people um, yeah. was kind of a bigger thing. I had a friend of mine out of the pandemic. We wound up, these are my girlfriends of 30 years. We met every Friday for our happy hours, what we called it. And my one friend lived in Manhattan. So you remember how they used to playing on the, um, the dishes or the pots yeah. and pans? She lived right there near Mount Sinai. And so we would wait until seven o'clock when it started, because that's when it started every night. She was like, and that was actually her favorite part of, of the day was to hear the clanging and thanking the healthcare workers for literally saving people's lives. <laughs> Funny, my wife's a nurse and she's like, that quickly went away very fast. <laughs> she was like, now customers are just um, people at the hospital just now cursing you out. You know, so <laughs> They're back to normal. Back to normal. <laughs> oh yeah, remember teaching? My husband's in education. Remember how they were like, oh my gosh, we know how much you guys work, how hard you work, pay you more money. No, they never paid him more money. <laughs> <laughs> it was a suggestion. It was a, it it was a nice suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but through that time, you know, we were speaking offline through that time of pandemic and then a little bit of low that we had in 2023, you, you know, were able to expand. So can you talk about how, how and why that happened? Yeah. So I had an opportunity. One of my goals that I've always had was to have multiple offices. Uh, and this particular express office in Edison, um, they approached me probably five years ago before the pandemic. And her and I had talked as owned by father and daughter. Her and I had talked for five years and I kind of mm -hmm. sat by waiting patiently. And then she was finally ready. And when she was ready, I was ready. And so I purchased that office. They had it for 18 years. So they had existing clients, existing staff. I had to just come in and um, and take over. And it has been a, a joy. And as they say, you know, it's always, they say from going from one kid to two kids, is not that, that easy. And so that's kind of how it was going from one, one business to two businesses. You know, you think it's the same business. How hard can it be? Well, it's not hard. It's just, it's a different challenge and yeah. getting the right team in place, having them understand my leadership style, getting my, my old team who I was told was going to feel like stepchildren and they did. Um, and so what does that look like? And so just building both of those businesses up to be successful is what I'm just moving forward to do. Got it. So you inherited a team. 
that wasn't the team that you hired. They don't know you. They don't they don't know your values, what you stand for. Um, you didn't come in the game with you per se, right? How how does how do you manage something like that? That that gets tricky. Yeah, it was tricky. But the interesting thing, Jerome, is they were both pregnant. So they had they had a period of time they were gonna leave. And I was like, and I told the, the old owner, I was like, what did you sell me? <laughs> because he had three people. One person, when they found out I was coming on, she quit the very next day. I didn't even know her. She just quit because I guess she realized that she was going to have to work. I don't know. She quit. And I had two people here and they were both pregnant and pretty close together in their pregnancy. So eventually I would have had to replace them anyway, even if they wanted to come back, which both of them decided to not come back. They wanted to stay home with their baby. I had to literally get new people from the beginning, not from the beginning. So they were they were here through the transition, which was super helpful. So they were there for about three, four months, and then they both left. They both had their babies, and they stayed home. Um, and but it, they, they were also great with me checking in to you know about certain accounts. They were, um, I really, really appreciate that. Got it. So you got, and then you also got left with clients that don't know you. You didn't, you didn't bring them in. Your team didn't bring them in, and you're a new face or a new voice. Um, so did you have to go to all those clients and have all those I conversations? Did. Now, I will say the old owner did a fantastic job of introducing me to everyone. I mean, she didn't take okay. me out personally, but she sent emails to every single person, every single company that she worked with, introducing me, uh, uh, letting them know that I had at that point had owned my Jersey City office for 21 years. So I'm, well, I wasn't a newbie in the business. Um, and they obviously I had known them for 18 years. And so after she did that, I scheduled meetings with every single one of them. And I went out and met them all. And tell them, like, nothing's going to change. It's as business as usual. I appreciate your business. I hope that you're going to stay with me. And guess what? They all did. Every single one of them. Wow. Okay. That's good. So you didn't have anybody that's like, mm, I don't like your dreads, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. I, had, I mean, awesome. obviously, I still had to get more business. So this, the thing about this business is you can never just sit still. Um, industry is 50% of the businesses we will lose. And it's not because of something we did wrong. It's just that they've hired a person and they're happy. And we need to find new business to replace the 50% that left. And so that's where I, I was, you know, hiring a sales rep and getting my team in place to um, to go out and, and get new business. And we were able to do that. So we had a great year. The first year was, eh, it was okay. It was bumps and bruises. This is kind of our second year in. And with the economy not being the best, um, I'm certainly not where I want to be, but we're, we're definitely well ahead of where we were last year. And so that I know 2024 is just going to be amazing. In my Edison office now, I have a rock star team of, uh, is every single slot is filled. My business coach that works for Express is, is really all on par to help me um, propel this office to, to, to new heights in 2024. My team is excited. My Jersey City team, coincidentally enough, I'm rebuilding that team completely up again. Um, because I just need some new team members in there. Got it. Um, that's pretty interesting. And for people geographically, just that don't understand Jersey. So Jersey City is like across the street from Manhattan, pretty much. You can call it that. And then Edison is like almost central Jersey in a weird way. It is so central Jersey. You're dealing geographically kind of two different needs, right? Like Jersey Not City. Not really, though, needs. because Jersey is so tight, um, okay. we can... Like a Jersey City person is not going to come here to Edison. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but this yeah. particular office in Edison, they do a lot of recruiting in Newark. And so does Jersey City. So Newark okay. is kind of the nucleus for us in terms of from a recruiting standpoint. 
um, which is great because I can share resources between people we found for Jersey City to come to Edison and vice versa. Got it. Okay. Okay. Got it. So it's not that, 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 that bad. Okay. I was thinking maybe because it's in Edison, it's more focused on like central South Jersey. And then, you know, it's kind of, okay. So that kind of makes Now you need sense. a car though. So the Newark people we yeah. find, they need to have a car. You're not, you're not coming to Edison on the bus and they have tried. And we, we turn them away because <laughs> all of our clients around here, you cannot get to off of the bus. You need to have yeah. a car to get here versus Jersey City and all those businesses around there. You don't need a car because public transportation is so good up in that part of the state. It's just not as good down here. Got it. You use the perfect analogy, like going from one child to second child. And now you're on second, but technically it's the same business, but in two separate locations. What, how have you had to change as an entrepreneur to kind of manage that, that like growth, right? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think it's identifying leaders um, in my company too. Even though we're a small business, it's important to have good team members that I don't like to micromanage. I just, I really mm -hmm. don't. And so I think that everyone's on par with what their goals are and what the ultimate goal is of the organization. Um, and in my second office is they get that. My first office, they were kind of feeling, and I had heard this, they were feeling like, oh, we don't see you much. Oh, you don't come here that often. And that's why that team is going to get rebuilt by by people that understand that I'm in two places. And I will, mm -hmm. and it, it, it will always be that way. Um, and Got I think it. my my old team, they didn't understand that. Got it. Because you, but technically you understand mom's always home, right? And now mom is, exactly. mom is at her new home, you know? So it's like, she doesn't love and, it as much. <laughs> and my Edison office started doing really well. Guess why? Because I was spending all my time here. Yeah. <laughs> so it, technically it's almost like your, your offices almost can't have you in them. You almost have to build a team that can now hire the team, right? Because they need to yes. know the person that's going to be there all the time. That's a very good point. And now with me having the two offices, um, I just explained to you last week, I bought out my business partner because I had a business partner in Jersey City for 23 years. And so yeah, I now own that office all together. And now I can do a lot more things in continuity. What I mean by that is we could all have a shared Teams channel. We can all share job orders together because it's only one owner. When it was two owners, it was a little dicey, right? And it's, yeah. in, all, in all fairness, it, I wouldn't want that to happen. So I never did it. But now that it's just me, I want to make that my team feel like one big team, even though they're two locations, it's one big team so that they can feel like mom is always there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to, you know, but I'm not going to be there five days a week in one office and zero in the other. I'm going to divide my time as best I can. You know, yeah. I'm still there to train in both offices as need be, but I want to elevate leaders and I want to have staff that feel um, energized to come to work and do a great job for our clients. Yeah, I, I, I haven't experienced this. I've experienced this in a much smaller way when I had a door-to-door -door sales company and a door-to-door -door sales team. Um, my first like really good team was built directly by me, hired directly by me. But for me to go from seven to eight to 25 to 30, I had to now teach other people how to teach other people, which stretched me as a person because I'm like, I can't, I can't even tell you, I can tell you what to do that person and how to train them, but you're going to have to do it in your way. And 
I'm going to have to train you through the results of that, which was kind of tricky, but also expanded me as a leader and how to grow um, even better. So I guess you're, you know, you're going to look for all those new challenges coming up ahead. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's lots of new challenges. So 2024, the good thing about a new year is you kind of turn the page, right? And I feel like yeah. I'm turning the page on the partnership and now it's just me. And I'm turning a page on new. I'm getting old staff in that office, and I'm getting new staff in that old uh, old yeah. office. Even though I've had it for so long, I'm getting all new people. And so it's just a matter of um, and me as a leader growing and and understanding my leadership style and getting people that are okay with that, right? And so one of the things that I went through Express had a fantastic program called Express Leadership Academy, and it taught me a lot about myself as a leader to be mm -hmm. better. And so one of the things that we did as an exercise was our values, our vision and our value statement. And so I just went to Texas last month because they had they do retreats every every um, every year. And it was my first time as a, at a retreat I was able to make since I graduated in 2019. And we were talking about the value statement. And I and I asked a question to a group of people that all went through the same program. You know, do I do this? Pro do I do this exercise over? You know, you know, and they were like, you know, it was it was a mixed bag. Some folks were like, your values are your values. I don't know why you would want to do it over, but you can go through the exercise and see what happens with the results. And the other team was like, no, no, you got a new team. You need new values. And I'm like, no, I think my values are my values. Yeah. And we do the exercise with the values. I think they were saying that because you do the exercise with the values as a team and none of those team members work with me anymore. And so, and, and particularly in my Edison office, they're brand new people, right? And so I'm going to do the exercise in Edison first and I'm curious if I come up with some different values. I don't think the values would change. I think the alignment to the values will change. So the people who align with it will align with it. And the people who are out of alignment, probably your old team was out of alignment. And maybe you probably stopped operating with those values, you know? So they kind of don't even remember what those values are anymore, <laughs> you know, because it's not top of mind because it's not something you operate with. So I think the alignment will change. And I think you'll just find the people who align with it. You know, it's like, it's like the Bible is the Bible. It ain't going to change. You know, you can align with it or you can just become a Muslim or a Buddhist or something else that aligns more with you. So um, I think it's just kind of what it is. But I don't think and it's going to change. And I think this value that. statement thing that we did is that you kind of start with like 100 cards and you scale it down to like 50 and then you scale it down to 25. And then you give your staff the 25 that are your values. So it's not that they're coming out of like, you yeah, know, anywhere, plucking yeah. it up the sky. They have 25 that are your values. And then out of those 25 we have to find three to five. So there's still my values. It's just which ones are surfacing, bubbling to the surface a little bit more than others. Yeah. And I think it changed. Well, now that you say that, I think a few of them might change because <laughs> you you now are in two different places. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, that's something to come back for on the next follow-up episode <laughs> to see, see where we're at then. Um, you know, but also I want to touch on this because it's something that I've seen you on your social media. Once we spoke on the last episode, I started following you um, and then to talk about motherhood. I've seen your son, um, I guess, started doing his own business or small business or something. And I saw you heavily promoting that. Um, how has, you know, now growing your business to where it is affect you as a mother? And then how is it seeing your kid kind of following your, your footsteps? Thank you for that. So it's funny because my son's business started in the middle of the pandemic with okay. a need for people to, you know, he always loved to put things together. And so I said, Lorenzo, why don't you, people hate putting things together. It's Christmas time. 
you can social distance, you can go and wear a mask, you're vaccinated, go in and put things together. And he did. And then people started asking him to do different things, shovel in snow. And can you stay in this? And can you do that? And then he went to, um, he took one class in high school and loved it, making for, uh, wood for uh, furniture. And now he's in college making furniture for a living. You know, he's learned, he's at Savannah College of Art and Design. And he has learned through some mentorship and some really fantastic people that have taken him under his wing um, that I so appreciate. And now he's selling card, cutting boards, charcuterie boards. He made me uh, a, the table that I'm, I'm sitting at right now, a, a table in my oh. desk. Uh, he's made beautiful tables for people, live edge tables. Uh, and so he his his craft is literally just getting started. He had an internship this semester. So, you know, I'd certainly encourage him if he wants to, to have his own business. But I'm not going to say that you have to. Right. Like if that's okay. what he wants to do, then I'm for that. Um, but if he decides, hey, mom, I want to work for a furniture design company. I'm OK with that. too. he interned this past he's, he was home for the fall of uh, winter break. He had a three week, a quickie internship. They loved him so much. They asked him back for the summer um, and he loved it. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm, ex I'm excited. And my daughter's now an entrepreneur. I don't know if you missed that, Jerome, but my oh, daughter has two businesses. She has two, she has two businesses. She has to step it up. <laughs> step it up like mom. <laughs> what is, I'm sorry, I missed that. What did she do? She's a mother's helper. So she's only 13. So she's not old enough okay. yet for the child to be left alone. She will be next year when she's in high school, but she's only in eighth grade. So when the moms are home or dads are home and, and they want to do stuff and they want their kids tugging at them, she will take them into another room and play games with them and, you know, oh, do man. different things with them. And then one day she comes home, it's like two weeks ago, she comes home I need that every and she day. says, mom, me and my, me and my friends started a new business. I said, what is it called? Eight young entrepreneurs. So seven of her friends, they, uh, they go around in packs of two to, to rake leaves up and they've been making money. Wow. <laughs> They have, an, they have an Instagram page called 8YE, 8 Young Entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So she's going to rake, she's going to rake leaves in the fall. And, and, and then in the winter, when we get snow, she's going to shovel snow. And mind you, this daughter, this, this daughter of mine has never done manual labor. She's got a father and a brother. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm super proud of her. Do you think that's the influence of seeing you get up and do it every day or is it might be like, even when you think your kids are not paying attention, like they're paying attention, yeah. you know, I've taken her to my Jersey city office You know, she's had days off or, or on a Saturday that I just want to clean up and I've had her shredding documents. I have a picture of her. So cute. She's probably like seven years old, you know, cause she's only known mom to have her own business. She's 12. I've had the business for 23 years. My son as well, as well. And I had her, I said, Dana, here's a great job for you. Can you shred all these dots? I hate shredding. And she's she did it with pride, <laughs> and she shredded Excited. for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> or I let her sit in my chair. I have a great view of the Empire State Building from my Jersey City office, and I let her sit in my chair, and she'll you know she'll swirl around in her chair and she'll sit there like she's mom. And so I think they've been paying attention. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, it's definitely I've, I've, even me doing this podcast. My kids sometimes I, during the pandemic, I was recording only from home, and you know I've heard them like say things that I've said on this podcast, and I'm like, where the hell? <laughs> they were paying attention. Um, yeah, and you know I always introduce every podcast like H for Hustle, welcome back, and they always say that like every it's like every day they're like saying it. it's kind of oh a that's thing, adorable. So. 
Yeah, so you kind of see them. They, they, although they're, you think you're not paying attention, they definitely are paying attention, and you know it might seep into them. Also, they're they're able to see the benefits of it too. You know, they get to see that you can pop up to every event, or you can go to everything, or you can go on vacation twice a year, or whatever yeah. the. I didn't miss any any of their events. I was there even if it be one o'clock in the afternoon, and she had they would have this silly like um you know what did you call with, with for Halloween when they would walk around. And I will be right the there. Parade. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, mom, right in the crowd. Hey, one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how has that, because, you know, when it, I, I find it funny, I find it, this is like an interesting thing. Um, when a dad's an entrepreneur, when a woman goes to work, they call him a, or a, a woman that starts a, a business is a, is a mom entrepreneur or this or a working mom. But when a dad has a business, he's just dad. <laughs> <laughs> or he's not a he's not a dadpreneur he's just an entrepreneur right right um right. you know like how has that like process been for you i mean it's been 20 years of being a mom and being an entrepreneur but how has that whole process been for you being able to be an entrepreneur and be a, a parent yeah i think that it's been fantastic so my husband's in education so he doesn't have the flexibility as much as i do right to mm -hmm. for things during the day but we made a we make a great team because he can get out early, right? And I may have to be at networking events that night because I'm trying to grow my business. Um, so the mom entrepreneur is so funny because I think there's a stat, don't correct correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the largest amount of growing small businesses is actually women businesses. Yeah. Um, and so, and they're all different kinds of businesses, not just home-based businesses, although they're that's one average, average area. Um, my business, I need to have a brick and mortar. That's just, that's part of my franchise agreement. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's been great. I, 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 I don't regret it. I love that my children can see me in this, in this world. And like I said, my husband, who always says he wants both our children to have their own businesses one day, I will say that I'm not exactly sure where I got it from because my, I'm the first entrepreneur in my family, but um, entrepreneurship is hard. And, and it does have those days and moments where you're like, I just want to get a job. I just want to get a job. I want to collect a paycheck. And I, yeah. and I don't really fault anyone for not being an entrepreneur because it's not for everybody. Yeah. And if you realize you do it and you don't like it, it's okay to get a job and not feel yeah. like a failure. I definitely, I definitely agree with you for like 10%, but I also agree on the other side. It's like, <laughs> I think if we didn't have these systems, we would all be entrepreneurs, right? Hmm. Like if you go back to a time where a guy was a blacksmith, another guy was a carpenter, and another guy was a farmer, everyone trades services for whatever the needs were between them, right? So one okay. did blacksmith work, they would, you know, I'd give you two chickens and a, and a cow, you know? And, and another guy would say, all right, I'll build a part of your house or a garage or something. And I feel like we would be doing that anyway, right? I think it's just that you, you take away sometimes skill and then with scale, because businesses have to scale, you input people within jobs. But I, I ultimately believe everyone can do it and should try to do it because it's one of those things that you kind of, un even if you do it and you're not successful, you do understand how a business actually works and where your positioning in a business is. I think you should go and try it and be like, okay, 
I realized that I don't want to be the guy dealing with all the payroll and all the stress. Exactly. I do respect it. I do respect it. And I come in here every day and I'm going to, if I'm only the person answering the phones, I'm going to answer the phones with the utmost respect and, and, and really get that job done personally, because I know all the places that I play within the ro- within the, the, the machine per se. So I believe it, everyone should at least go for it. And I think if we were, you know, if the pandemic really flattened everything, we would all go back to that anyway. <laughs> and it's funny you used to say that about certain things you like and you don't like, and you realize that, that but that even goes for jobs, right? Like you mentioned, yeah. we were talking earlier about just selling and some people hate selling and I happen to love it. And I think that's part of the, my my secret sauce to my success is because I happen to really like it and I like training people to do it too. And so because of that, I don't, I'm not fearful to go out and meet companies and try to talk to them about staffing services. However, if you're the kind of person that doesn't like to do that and you realize that going in, you've made a mistake and then you can, and then you try to hire people to do that and you don't like it yourself either, you may have some yeah. challenges trying to find the right talent. Okay. I would, I would agree with you there. Um, I would definitely have to agree. Um, you know, again, we keep beating the hammer about franchising and I personally just bought into a franchise. Um, and I see the benefits. I also see, you know, certain downsides, but I also see the benefits as well. Um, you've been in it for 20 years, so you found success in it. Do you recommend people going franchise over going fully independent as a business owner? Yeah. So my backstory is this. I don't know if you remember this, Jerome. I actually was a commercial lender before yeah. I started Express. And so what I did was I actually had to find businesses that wanted to borrow money and then write about them. And then my part of my writing about them was telling them, tell me their story, how they got started, how they how they want to propel, how they're going to pay the bank back. And all the things I learned from that experience as a commercial lender was that a lot of them had fantastic ideas, which is great. If you have a great idea and you want to run with it, I encourage you to be a solopreneur, right? But if you didn't have a great idea, like I didn't have a great idea, I just knew I wanted to do something. Um, I think the franchise concept and the reason that it has been it has mushroomed over these years is because it is a tried and true um, a system. I also know that within the first five years, 80% of businesses fail. Um, franchising does not have that same statistic. 80% like 15% of- 15% so, the huh? failure rate. The failure rate's like 15%. No. Oh, 15% for franchises. Yeah. No, but I'm saying for a brand, if you were starting a brand new business that was not a franchise. Okay. 80, yeah, yeah, yeah. 80% like of them 90%, fail. 80, 90%. It's pretty, it's pretty high in five years. So, but yeah, 15% for franchises. So when I saw that, I was like, this is a no brainer. I'm going to find a franchise. And I went to the franchise expos at the franchise expos to figure out what I wanted because I had no idea what I wanted. And that's how I literally fell upon express employment. Got it. So you definitely recommend someone going there if they don't have a bright idea, but they want to be an entrepreneur themselves. And even if you do have a bright idea and you still may, you may be able to do, depending on the flexibility of franchise, or you may be able to do a lot of what you want to do, but in the, in the structure of a franchise. Now, if you're the kind of person you want to go rogue all the time, a franchise is not for you because you will have to follow certain rules and regulations or they will kick you out. Just that because that they want a, a, a tried and true system and not that everyone is like a machine, but they have a system on purpose. You know, right. Yeah. Some, sometimes there's regulatory reasons. Like I'm in the staffing industry. There's a lot of regulatory things that I have to do. And they're and they come in and they audit me every single year to make sure I'm doing it. And if I don't, yeah. I can lose my franchise. 
And so if you're not, if you're the kind of person that you don't like that, you want to kind of do whatever you want and just roll with the dices, it's not going to be a good system for you. But if you're the kind of person, like I'm a rule follower, you tell me what to do. You tell me how to do it. You tell me I can be successful. I'm going to follow the rules. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing was I needed, I, I hate, I started to really hate creating systems. And what I mean by that is to, to first get your first client, then you have to figure out what CRM you want. <laughs> first, your first CRM is a piece of paper. Then you're like, oh, it's HubSpot, it's Salesforce. Then I got to pay for those things. And then after that, after I got them in the CRM, it's like, what happens next? And then I got to figure out all the systems that go behind that. And I think sometimes we forget how much of those little things actually add up within the business. And if you don't have those things, you kind of get held back because your competitor has them. They're they're using the sales force. They're using the 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 thing while you're still writing on pen and paper or, you know, you're running Google ads, but you don't have the way to the lead funnel to get there while your competitor has it. So for me, I just wanted to have a the back end support system and to not think about systems, but think about the things that I want to do and the things that I'm good at. Like I'm good at selling, good at talking. Great. I want to focus on that and not like think about when did I pay for that website? Do I have to? (laughs) Well, you still might have to do that too though, Jerome. So there's certain aspects of even your own business. You can't get away from certain pieces of it, right? Like we have our own phone system. I got to pay my own phone bill, those kind of things. Yeah, there's things like that. Definitely. I'm I, I, I'm being like kind of a little bit facetious, but still like, you know, certain things that I just personally. So I've been on very bullish in telling people like, hey, listen, if you want to start something or if you come out of a job based world where you're following systems anyway, a franchise isn't that much different and you can follow systems. But the, there is a, you're still a business owner. You still are running your own show. You're just running it at your own pace. But there's systems and things you can follow. So I, I'm very bullish on that because a lot of people think they're just going to come out and start a business and just like know everything like that. Exactly. <laughs> Go put yourself into a system for a little bit and see how that works. And, and then- I think the thing about a franchise and you're new at it, um, Jerome. So you may not feel this yet about what I'm going to say is, but I have a family. I, we call it a, our family. It's a franchise family. And no one's going to understand it as much as I, my husband knows my business to a certain extent. He'll hear the stories. Sometimes I just call a franchisee and I just want to vent. Or I call a franchisee and I need an idea. I have a problem. And they know it because they live it day in and day out. And they we yeah. support each other. Like Express even has, we have peer mentors. So we support each other to help each other succeed. And then at the end of the year, we have a big um, conference and we celebrate everyone's successes. And we all walk, we all get all dressed up in a gala. And we, we, we parade each other. And we understand that this business is tough. Being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. And it is hard. Sometimes I bang my head against the wall. Like, what am I doing? And now I got two. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I did it twice. <laughs> I am cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. <laughs> um, that's insane. Okay, that's cool. I, I I'm very bullish on it. And also, you know, for anyone listening, entrepreneurs are in every industry. Um, every possible industry has a franchise or multiple franchises in it. So if you're thinking about whatever, I don't care if it's eyelashes or whatever the case may be, you're there's right. an eyelash franchise, right. you know. Yeah, so there's there's always one that's in the end and you just have to find the one that makes the best sense for you. But if you are, I, I won't say if you're not an entrepreneur, but you're entrepreneurial, franchises are definitely a good look. Um, I've done it both ways. And so far, I found that 
this has been really good for me. Like you said, there's a, a family, like, uh, I've, I've felt that because there's sometimes where I'm like, I can't call Goosehead support. I'm just going to call somebody who's in the trenches right now. Exactly. And there's somebody, named, uh, her name is, her name is Monique Perry. And I'm just like, Monique, <laughs> Which carrier works for this? And she's like, oh, yeah, do this, do this, do this. Exactly. Like, oh my God, and you sometimes so you, if you think about the time and effort, like you can't put a dollar amount on that. You can't put a yeah. dollar amount on the intel you get when we, uh, us franchisees in New Jersey, at least, um, we have a, a every other week call on teams and the information that we share there is invaluable. Yeah. There's no dollar amount. Yeah. And when um, you're in the true independent, there is no sharing of information. Too. No, because everyone's everyone's very guided, it. right? Yeah. But because when you're a family, even though we're in the same business, we you know for the franchise, obviously we have different territories, so we're not competing that way. But we're in the same business, and yeah. and they share resources all the time, and it's been so great. And that's the part I love the most because when I go to these conferences, I just booked my flight to Denver um, that I'm going in March for our annual conference, and I get a I get a giddy. Because I get a chance to see my family, you know, yeah, and hang out with them. So that's if you're looking for that type of support, I'd definitely say, you know, look for a franchise. Um, so, you know, there's one thing that you kind of harped on, you know, like this is hard. This is hard franchising. Even if you're franchising, even if you're running a full independent business, um, it's still hard. There's somebody right now listening to this. They're in fear. They have a burning desire to do something, but they have this fear in them. They like, they know they're like, oh my God, if I do it, what if I fail? Uh, 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 oh my God, Deidre just said it's a 90% failure rate. Should I even bother? Um, how do you deal with fear? Or what advice would you give with someone who is in that position and they're stuck in fear and riddled with it? So my faith is very strong. And I start with that in everything that I do. Um, I pray for these two moments of owning two offices outright, uh, and, and, it, 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 and I didn't do it by myself. So I'll start with that. Um, secondly, I think it's a good to have a good support network, right? My husband has been with me for 21 years. I think it's 21. Yeah, 21 years. Uh, and I think that I, I get a chance to, to I get a chance to bounce things, ideas. Even even today, he's giving me all these ideas, and he's in education. He's not even in his business. And so I think that fear is real. I still have fear. I still get, you know, I still get um, what you call butterflies in my stomach when I have to go speak. I'm actually going to a conference in Miami that I'm speaking at. I don't think I told you about that. Um, and I get, I have the right to presentation. I get, I get butterflies. What if I, what if I, what do I look crazy? What if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? So I think fear is, um, for me, fears, fear drives me. Uh, so if you're someone out there and you are fearful of trying, um, you know, I went, I went all feet, toes, head in, right, for a franchise. But maybe you want to dip your toe in. So maybe you have a regular job, and you do this as a side hustle. Um, or then eventually, as soon as you started making enough money, then you, then maybe it becomes more of a full time job to you. And that maybe that's a, that's your way of dipping your toes in the water. I will tell you that there are some franchises, most franchises will not write a franchise to you if you're not going to do it full time. Now I'm not, I know there's thousands and thousands of franchises, but the few that I know of, they want the person in there committed because they know that a committed owner is going to succeed. If you're going to be in there part time, you're going to do part time work. You're going to make part time money, right? And they're and they're giving all their efforts, time, and energy to you and whatever that looks like, and they want the same level of commitment. But if you do find a business that a franchise that's part time, then that's something to try as well. Until you can feel like, okay, I can replace my income. You know, I did start when I was young and silly. I didn't have any children. I had no husband. It was just me. 
You know, I was 29 years old. Uh, and uh, my husband, I was just dating at the time, but he, I ran the idea by him. He was like, go, sounds great. Um, and then fast forward, now I got a mortgage. I got two kids. I got college. College education is not cheap. <laughs> so a lot of employees. <laughs> I've got more pressures on me. So you would think that, oh my gosh, that should make you more fearful because I got to, my, my son's in college. He's a freshman this year. I had to write that big check. It was painful. So, um, but that, that drives me. It drives me even more to be successful because my kids are looking at me and I got to pay those bills. <laughs> yeah, they- Got it. So yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you there. Um, my my advice to that person is fear is going to be there. If you do it or you don't, right? Sitting there, you're you're fit, you're afraid now and you didn't even do anything. So I'd say And I always think about it like the, the old lady in the rocking chair at a hundred. Like what yeah. regrets are you gonna have? Are you gonna be yeah. in the rocking chair at a hundred saying, oh man, you know what? I failed like five businesses. I tried. They make money, but you know what? I had a great time doing it. I learned a lot. I met a lot of people. Are you going to rock that rocking chair and say, man, I ain't trying nothing? Which which, <laughs> which, which, one are you going to do? Yeah, because either way, that's true, because you're going to live with regret one way or another. My biggest thing is I always say you can you can be afraid. It's like going on a roller coaster. You could be afraid and still be on the roller coaster. <laughs> exactly. That's a good I like that one. You could be afraid and on the roller I have to tell it to my daughter. Oh, the very yeah. first time she did the roller coaster, she bawled like a baby. And I was yeah. and I was and I was right next to her. We were in the thing together, and she was finally tall enough. And I was like, oh, what's that great day? She was like, and I said, Okay, so we won't do it again. She's like, No, 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 no. I want to do it again. <laughs> and she got exactly. over it. You can, she got over it. She went to the next roller coaster. She was like, but it was that shock, that first yeah. shock. Like almost like you ever do polar bear, Jerome. You dip your head yeah. in the water and it's just freezing cold. We, yeah. I did Polar Bear in Martha's Vineyard two summers ago for the very first time because I let fear conquer it. I didn't want to do it. I was like, you guys are crazy. I'm not going to the water and it's summer. So water shouldn't oh, be that I'm cold. I'm doing that this year in, in, in Seaside Heights. I mean, 2024 coming. I'm, I, I'm, never, I'm not doing January though. You got me if you're doing that one. I did it in the summer. <laughs> it was summer. So mind you, it's like 80 degrees outside. Maybe the water temperature is 70. It was still cold. But my point is this, you got to dip your head in because guess what happened? It wasn't really as bad as I thought when I got in. Yeah, there's a quote that I read that I want to pull up that I saw. And I think it's such an amazing quote that I think people should um, hear. And I wrote it down on my phone and kind of like read it as a daily like reminder. Um, It says... Uh, you suffer more in imagination than you do in reality. And I, and I thought that was like so brilliant because that's where, that's where most of it is. The fear is most you put of it, You get caught up in your head, get it caught up in your yeah. own. And like, I always say you, I, you get in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh thank you for that advice. I really appreciate it. I hope somebody took that and, you know, still moves forward. Like, cause again, you could be scared and still be on a roller coaster. So take that first step. Now there's somebody right now, they have a thousand dollars. They're like, I want to start a business. I don't know what to do, but I want to do something. Um, what advice would you give that person? They kind of got over the fear, but they don't have as much capital to kind of get started. What, what recommendations would you give that person? So starting a business for a thousand dollars, first of all, you got money. That's a good step. Um, and I've I've read all these stories. You go on Instagram, you see all these fantastic, especially these young folks. They start businesses with like 50 bucks. 
Yeah. You know, my first they started company with, was with forty dollars. So <laughs> they get a website, they get a cell phone, cell phone bill. What's the cell phone bill? Hundred, hundred fifty dollars, and they yeah. just start making calls. And so I just encourage you to do it. I mean, do some research. Obviously, if you don't have a great idea, like I didn't have a great idea. I just knew that I liked a system, like Jerome said, a system that I was willing to follow. They were telling me that, and there was not even a guarantee about a about a money that I was going to make. I had no idea. But, um, you know, the, the, the internet and social media, like we didn't have any of that. So now you have such an ability to market your program so quickly that um, you really can make a tremendous uh, uh, impact yeah. with not a lot of money. Got it. So you say go for it. You have a thousand dollars. You have an idea. Just go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. You know, and then it's important. We haven't even really touched on this at all, but I'm just going to put it in right here. Just get a mentor. Preferably someone in the business, but doesn't necessarily have to be. Just someone to bounce those ideas off of. It doesn't have to be your mother. Obviously, your mother, your father, those are your mentors for life, right? But you can get a business a business mentor that um, can really um, bounce ideas off of you. I business coach with Rising Tide Capital, I think I was telling you about, and and the beauty thing I like about coaching, even though I don't know any of these businesses in terms of what they do day to day, they they teach me what they do. They tell me what they do. And then I help them um, develop plans to be successful. And so you don't need a coach to necessarily know your business per se, but their job is to be there to help you. Sometimes to hold you accountable. I'm coaching someone now and her and she wants me to just task her with things she says she wants, she's going to do that. She's going to do them. Yeah. And that's my job to make sure she's she does her job, her, her, her you know, as a, as a business, because sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, you get getting your own way and things don't get yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, a mentor is, you know, so also having a mentor, they can fast track you um, so quickly by having a mentor, because um especially if they're in your industry, they can connect you with other people. Sometimes if they're out of your industry, you don't know who who's in their phone that they can fast track you to a connection that took them 10 years to build. They can introduce you to that person and that person instantly plug and plays into your business and boom, you, you've just now got your biggest client ever just immediately like that. So I always say it's always great to have a, a mentor because sometimes the emotions of entrepreneurship, you just need someone that's in it as well to kind of just give you some advice outside of it. Or sometimes it's just who they know. They might know somebody that connects you and bam, there you go. Um, so they can save you a lot of time and heartache if you listen. <laughs> if you listen you, know, you might need more than one don't just pick one person because the thing about mentors is they're busy if they're successful and unless they retire because i have a retired mentor who's phenomenal but i still make an appointment to call her because i'm assuming yeah. she's doing retired people stuff <laughs> which may yeah. be nothing but <laughs> I, I still value her time and i make an appointment like i do with the doctor I make an appointment to call her at a certain time and I do and I call her and I have my questions all written out that I wanted to discuss with her my points so that I make sure that my time is efficient and I'm not wasting her time. Got it. Perfect. Um, you, you're hitting the nail on the head right here. I couldn't even say better myself. Now, the last episode, um, this was my fault, um, but I had asked you about a few books <laughs> <laughs> that, you could, that you could recommend to the audience that was listening. And I totally forgot to mention the books inside of the show notes. So um, you probably, since then, two years ago, you probably read new books, got new perspectives. Um, so is there 
a few books that you'd recommend the audience to read. Again, the audience is early stage entrepreneurs, people who want to start businesses. What kind of books would you recommend for them? Yeah. So right now I'm reading Atomic Habits by James okay. Clear. That's a fantastic book. And it's, mm-hmm. it's helping me just rethink a lot of bad habits that I do. Um, yeah. I'm reading The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. I told you I'm rebuilding mm. my Jersey City team. And even it works for my Edison team in terms of how you hire, hire hungry, humble, smart people. So important. Can I, can I recommend you a book for team building that really? Sure. Two books. Two books I recommend for team building that helped me so much. John Maxwell, The 16 or The 18 Irrefutable Laws of Teamwork. John Maxwell is the author. I mean, fantastic book because it just teaches you about the players within your team and how to like push and pull them to get the most out of them. And then the other one is called Tribal Leadership. It's an older book, but it breaks down leadership into like these these four quadrants. And it's <laughs> once I saw that, it was almost like I saw, you know, how Neo in the Matrix saw the lines. <laughs> the line. the first time I saw the lines, I'm like, Tribal oh, Leadership. You know this. that author? No, I can. I, I'll email it to you because I, I. That's a book that I've got. So I, I've read. I've read a lot of John Maxwell books over the years, a lot. And actually, Express is a big supporter of John Maxwell. Believe it or not, before he became big, big, big John Maxwell, he spoke at our conference. So I got a chance oh, really? to meet him face to face, and he's a phenomenal man. And we have a lot of his books that we actually give out to clients. Um, his series, and so I really, really, I'm going to check that one out. I haven't read that one. Yeah, uh, in I particular, but I've read quite a few of them. 18, and I, and 18, Steve Covey, I don't know if you've read any of Steve Covey's book. He's got, yeah, how he's did, another um, one. The, the, the um, uh, highly effective, uh, what's the seven? So, yeah. The, seven I've Habits of book. Highly Effective People. Yeah, yeah. I've read that book and I have to revisit that book. because I have to reread it. I just read The Eighth Habit. The Eighth Habit. Yes. No, I've never read that either. So That's that was a new one. And then my husband turned me on to this one, The Power of Now. By Iker Tolle. Oh, <laughs> that is a great book. Um, that is, so there's a, a leadership thing that I did. Uh, it's called Landmark. Um, and the, the guy who wrote that book went through Landmark and wrote that book within like two weeks after leaving Landmark. And all Landmark is, is about the power of now. So I, I'm very, very much closer <laughs> to that book. I understand it a lot now that I went through that like that training. Um, so I would definitely recommend reading the book and also going to Landmark because it's phenomenal. And you know, the funny thing is a shameless plug for, I, only, I don't pay for too many, pod, uh, too many apps. The one app I do pay for, you actually, they summarize books. I don't know if you know about this thing called Blinks. And so because I for it, but I've never downloaded. I pay for it. It's totally worth it. Um, My husband thinks I'm crazy, but he's been doing blinks forever for me. My husband will read a whole book and he'll he'll literally summarize it for me and leave me little notes and he'll tell me which pages to read. So he's been essentially doing the blinks for me at no cost, (laughs) but I do pay for it. And and I've read you can read or listen, which is the beauty of it, of uh, a lot of books. And they're mostly business books. You're not going to find a fiction book like I just read um, Black Cake. Uh, I just finished that last week. Uh, and that's a fiction book. So you're not going to find stuff like that on there, but you will find tons of business books on there, um, including all the ones I just mentioned. Got it. Okay. I, I I kind of stray away from that because when you read something, 
there's certain things that might register that a summarization might miss because there's a story or a little something in the book that Correct. analogy that that might have drags your brain into a direction that's like oh you know makes you get no and you're and, and that's a and that's a fair statement because like I said my yeah. husband like just today he he was telling me about the atomic habits he liked atomic habits so much he bought it twice I already had it in the house and then it shows up and I'm like we already have this book he's like no I like it so much I want it again. I'm like, okay. So we have, I've read Atomic Habits. I've read the actual physical book. And then I was curious and I, I put it on blinks to see in, in 20 minutes, it summarizes it. So to your point, yes, you do miss a lot of the stories and they may resonate with you to sink it in a little bit more. And he gave me a fantastic analogy just today, just this morning, figuring out how to um, hire my new team members. Oh no, I'm sorry. How to reward team members. That I was mm -hmm. like, he got the idea from one of the one of the stories that was in this Atomic Habit book. Yeah, and that's for me why I, I like it. You know, and it, again, the point we're trying to meet here, guys, is if you're going to be a leader or you want to be a business owner, you got to be a, a, a learner. You got to be a lifelong learner because learning lifelong is learner. Yeah, you have to keep on learning. Um, your skill set. What got you here won't keep you here, and some of the answers are just right in a little. That's a good book too. Ninety nine book. Yeah. I read that one too. What got you here won't get you there. Yeah. So, and that that will get that's in a somebody's giving you ten years of experience in a fourteen ninety nine book. Like, if you know, you might want to read that to like fast track yourself. So, um, it, I agree. I've never met an entrepreneur that was like, I'm not reading anything. I don't read. I don't listen to audio books. I don't do anything. I'm just in my own world. I've never met one entrepreneur ever that's not a reader or not a. And I like I like your podcast too, Jerome. So shameless plug for H is for hustle because I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts over the years and you're the people you have on there are fantastic and I gain wisdom from them too you know yeah. some of the some of the ones on there I actually do know personally so it's pretty funny because I get a chance to hear their story that I might not have heard of before oh. um, and some I some I didn't know and so yeah. I'm a I'm a huge podcast listener I have quite a few that I subscribe to some are pop culture I'm not even gonna lie but, no, no, no. but you, most you are that we need the garbage sometimes yes I need the garbage right? sometimes <laughs> but but most are business related or 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 news related right I, I like to stay yeah. up on world events and so some are world uh, some are news related and I know certain ones like my pop culture one drops twice a week I don't miss that one as a matter of fact today's Friday I'm gonna listen on my way home <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it let me see what podcast you're listening to oh it's uh, called Ratchet and Respectable by Demetria L Lucas she's the best yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that podcast. He's a, she's right a friend right. of my head. So, Demetri, if you're listening, you're a friend of my head. <laughs> I'm meet her right. well, she's, she's living in Ghana now, living her best life. And so, I'm again, I'm living vicariously through these people with, you know, no husband, no kids. You know, they just living there. Not that, not that, not, not that I love my life. Don't, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, when you have, when you won't have attachments, she can just, she's she's living all over the world. And, I, and I'm here for it. So, I, I listen through her podcast. To find out what's wow. going on in Ghana and where was she just at? She was somewhere fabulous. And so it's so fun. Got it. And then um, on the so flip side, I'll listen to I listen to Carla Harris's podcast on business. And um, and she is someone as she she lives ne next town next to me. I've met her a couple of times. She's written a couple of books. I've, re I've read her books, and she's a phenomenal person. Her podcast is amazing. She works for Morgan Stanley, you know, corporate person. And she drops yeah. nuggets. If you don't know her podcast, check it out. Nuggets. Carla Harrison. Carla Harris's podcast. I forgot the name of it. Just, just, just type in Carla Harris. It'll, uh, it'll come up. Right, I'll type her. I'll type her name in. I'll look for that. Um, especially if she's Jersey based. So I would definitely love to, you know, tap in with her. Um, now, 
you know, two years ago, we we're in a pandemic. Things were tough. Two years later, you have two locations, uh, the rebuilding teams growing. What does the next two years look like for you? Well, so I'm on boards. I've been on a, quite a few boards. Um, I'm looking to join some corporate boards. That's my new thing. And I got a mentor to help me with that too, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. I have a friend um, who's in a couple of corporate boards and he's helping me get navigate how to get on corporate boards and what does that look like and what value can I add, right? It's not about me. It's about what value can I add to the, the organization um, wow. to help them out. Um, how you and I met, Jerome, quite frankly, I, I want a podcast. I want a podcast that's surrounding around um, helping folks get jobs or helping companies hire good people. So it could it, it might work both ways. I'm still flushing that out. I kind of I kind of put it on the shelf, but I might take it off the shelf one of these you. days. We could talk offline though. I have an idea though. Yeah, and so and, and a bunch of my friends are giving me a tons of ideas on what to do with that. Uh, and then maybe a book. We'll see. I got a couple okay. things spurring in my brain. <laughs> Whenever, whatever you're doing next, uh, keep us in the loop because we want to follow your story because we followed you from um, all the way from you being um, the the beginning stages of your career when you were just a um, what is it what is it uh, for working for a bank now you're corporate commercial lending commercial lending commercial mm -hmm. lending so we definitely want to keep on we'll definitely stay in tide with you I definitely want to say thank you so much for being a guest in the show thank you so much for being here I'm going to end with the question I've been ending with um, since the beginning of last year the name of the podcast is H for Hustle Deirdre what does hustle mean to you hustle means you give it your all you go out there you sell to the companies, and you obviously you're going to have a quality product or service. In my example, it's a is a quality service, and you you're just going to give it the best that you can. That's what hustle means for me. Got it. Now, if anyone wants to reach out to you, where should they reach out to? So I'm on all social. LinkedIn's probably the best way. Deidre Viney uh, on social. Uh, Instagram page is sort of private, so you can message me there. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. So we'll link up. And then the, my website. The Obviously, if you're if you're if you just wind up saying, you know what, I want a job or I have a family member that needs to get off the couch and get to get a job. I have jobs available in both locations. You can visit us at expresspros.com and then you're going to search for our Jersey City location or our Edison location. And we have tons of jobs available and my team will be able to help you. Awesome. Um, Deidre, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much, Jerome. This was fun.